Hello and welcome to Screen Facts with Jason Davis. This is episode 21 and joining me this week is a brand new guest on the show. I'm very excited to welcome him, my good friend, Joe Ferrero. Joe, how are you? I am great. Episode 21. I that's know. my age, so that's uh, great. Wait a second. No, well, <laughs> it's the age I think that I am. Right. That's so. the age we all think we are. And then yeah, our and then our bodies tell age. us differently, right? Oh yeah. <laughs> you oh, go yeah. out. I remember when I was twenty one, and that was a long time ago for me. Um, I used to be able to stay out late. I was never really much of a drinker, but uh, I used to stay out late all the time, and it didn't bother me. I can't do it anymore. I'm I'm like falling asleep at like ten or eleven o'clock easily. Nowadays. Oh god, ten. That that's late for me. I'm usually in bed by nine. <laughs> well, that that's probably because of your weekly schedule. What you do during the week. So maybe. So you <laughs> could um, just be the age. Let's let's just talk a little bit about um, you know how we know each other. Uh, well, first off, you're currently a school principal, which I think I is hilarious because I know you. Why? <laughs> <laughs> you don't think I'm responsible enough? Oh no no I I know you are. It's just that okay. you're you're a, you know you're just a lot of fun and uh, a really cool guy. And I just you know when you think of a school principal, at least in my head. I have this sort of stodgy kind of, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? And you're definitely it's not funny that. because I'll run into like other principals and I'll say, oh, wow, he's so principally. And then I look <laughs> at myself and I'm like, I'm not principally at all. Not at all. It's awkward. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we met each other. I, I was trying to figure it out earlier today. Oh, I was wow, thinking about years it. Ago. Um, I want to say it's about five years now. That's really? How, I feel like it's longer. Does it feel? Mm -hmm. I don't know. I mean, I I, I've been with Sue for a total of seven. Okay. Uh, we've been married five. And I think the first time I met you might have been when we did Big Bad together. No, Cinderella, Cinderella. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Oh, man. Okay, yeah. So, all right, so it's about six years then. So, yeah, um, Joe and I met when we uh, were doing community theater with Sue. We were doing a couple of kids shows, <laughs> which were a lot of fun. Yeah. You were somebody that discovered this podcast uh, very early on when I first started because uh, you are a friend and you, you were encouraging, which I appreciate. Yeah. Thank you. Long-time listener, first-time caller. <laughs> <laughs> So, so um, I thought, hey, it would be a lot of fun to have you on the podcast because you like movies, I assume, and you know you like the podcast, and yeah. you're a lot of fun. So I, thought, I really just like fun facts. Yes. So that's what I'm all about. Okay. I asked you what movie you would like to talk about on the podcast, and the movie you suggested, Spaceballs. And I was kind of uh, like a little surprised of all the movies. Why Spaceballs? You know, I love Mel Brooks. I think Mel Brooks is hysterical. I think, in general, I think parodies are hysterical. So for okay. me, Spaceballs is one of the first parodies I saw where I kind of got it that it was making fun of something else, you know, okay. or, or really paying homage to it. Okay, excellent. I love Mel Brooks, too. I'm not saying that that's a bad choice by any stretch. I'm glad yeah. that you chose this. Yeah, so we're going to talk about Spaceballs. Released June 24th, 1987. Directed by Mel Brooks. Written by Mel Brooks. Thomas Meehan and Ronnie Graham. This is an interesting movie. First off, the new Star Wars film is just a mere few months away. Yeah. So this is uh, leading up to not only that, but I think Screen Facts with Jason Davis is going to be doing some special Star Wars stuff coming up in a couple of months. Whoa, so. heavy stuff. <laughs> Stay tuned for that. But the interesting thing about this movie was that when it was released in 87, a lot of the critics or a lot of people were kind of like, gee, it seems like he's a little late to the party because the last Star Wars movie at that point was Return of the Jedi. And that had come out in 1983. So it, it seemed like 
it wasn't very timely. I think Star Wars was kind of like this huge film that that people were like freaking out over, and so I think no matter how long, I mean, I think I think Spaceballs could be made today, and I think people will still think it's hysterical and still love it, and because of how how big of fans they are to like Star Wars. So I I don't think it really mattered how soon after Star Wars that this was made. Yeah, I guess Star Wars is pretty timeless. It is. Yeah. Especially if you're an 80s kid. Yeah, there you go. Spaceball stars Mel Brooks, John Candy, Rick Moranis, Bill Pullman, Daphne Zuniga, Dick Van Patten, and the voice of the late great Joan Rivers as Dot Matrix. I know. She was awesome. I know. So I don't funny. I don't think she gets all the credit that she deserves. No, I, I know, agree. I think she's hysterical. Very underrated. And, and yeah. she had a lot of bad luck stuff happen during the course of her career that I think kind of sidetracked her a little bit. But yeah, she was she was awesome. And she's great in this, you know, in her limited role. Oh, yeah. She actually uh, was just the voice. She Dot Matrix was played by Lorreen Yarnell, who was actually uh, part of a team of mimes, Shields and Yarnell. They were... Um, they had their own show in the 70s. I actually remember that. I'm old enough to remember their show. Oh, I do not. Yes. <laughs> yeah, you're only 21, Joe, remember? Yeah, 21. That's right, 21. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stick to that. They started on the Sonny and Cher show, but they had their own uh, show. It was like a little variety kind of thing. And they, they, were, they did really, I mean, I can't believe I'm going to say this. They actually did really cool mime. <laughs> I want mime to come back. Really? Like, you I imagine people not talking all day? That would be pretty cool, actually. People talk way too much. Yeah, I don't know that there's yeah. uh, that there really is cool mime, but if there was, Shields and Yarnell did cool mime back in the day. They did some neat stuff. Six complete dot matrix suits were built for Yarnell to wear, and all of them were used up on the set due to breakage. <laughs> now, yeah. um, they had That's a couple. Crazy. Yeah, they had a couple of different things for the interior scenes. Uh, the feet were outfitted with roller skates, and that's why when she's holding on to Barf's tail, he's kind of pulling her along on the skates. And then for the outside stuff in the desert, she just wore shoes. An estimated budget of twenty-two point seven million dollars, and ended up costing twenty-five million, uh, according to Mel Brooks. This is one of the most expensive movies he's ever made. By contrast, if you want to compare it to uh, an earlier Mel Brooks movie, 1967's The Producers cost less than $1 million to produce. Wow, that's crazy. (laughs) Well, you know, at least in this movie you saw like some special effects and and they use green screen a lot. So you could understand where where that price tag kind of came from. Yeah, I mean, you know, there was obviously a lot less going on in The Producers. It ended up grossing a little over $38 million in the U.S. And if you don't adjust for inflation, it's the third highest grossing Mel Brooks movie behind Blazing Saddles and Young Frankenstein. Yeah. Good stuff. Young Frankenstein. Good, good times. So tell me about like the first time you saw this movie that you remember. It's so funny because I was just watching today that the movie theater in my hometown just closed today. And this is one of the first movies I saw in that theater. So I kind of was like, whoa, what? It's so cool that today you know, I saw that and I'm like, I'm doing this. So I'm kind of like, oh, that's weird. Yeah. What I love about Mel Brooks is that he's in his films, you know, and this one, yes. he's in he's in it twice. He's just two parts. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. He plays Scroob mm-hmm. and Yogurt. Yes. <laughs> in this movie. Yeah. I love that uh, Scroob is Mel Brooks's his last name kind of rearranged to right. make that. So that was kind of cool. Mm hmm. Mel Brooks talks about how hard it was for him to play yogurt. The makeup that they used gave him a rash. And then, of course, he's walking on his knees in the movie, too. Walking around on your knees, even with knee pads, is probably uh, not a lot of fun when you're that age. But he I, said, I imagine it's not fun. He said it was worth it, though, when, you know, after the movie came out and he saw how, how good it came out. So They shot Spaceballs on the same lot that they used for The Wizard of Oz as well. 
which is kind of interesting. They continuously saw like Yellow Brick Road throughout, and you know that's kind of cool to kind of have that memorabilia there. Yeah, and there's actually uh, kind of a nod to the Wizard of Oz in the movie too. When they first uh, go to see Yogurt, when the the Dink Dink guys are, bring them underneath the. Uh... <laughs> oh yeah, the Dink Dinks. <laughs> the Dink Dinks. Um, yeah, they go in and and. <laughs> So silly, right? <laughs> it is, but it's hysterical. <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. And it's funny because they kind of look like the characters from The Wizard of Oz. You know, John Candy looks like the Cowardly Lion. Top Matrix looks like the Tin Man. You know. Oh, you're blowing my mind right uh, now. See? I thought about that. <laughs> there you <Whoa>. go. <laughs> blown. My mind is blown. <laughs> what I kind of like about um, this is uh, George Lucas allowed them to kind of do this, but he mm -hmm. had like stipulations yes. to do that, like that they couldn't do any of the merchandising. And I love that there's a whole scene about <laughs> merchandising and they couldn't even do merchandising. Yeah, I love that, too. And <laughs> all the different things in the in the movie. <laughs> the lunchbox. <laughs> merchandising. I wanted one of those lunchbox. Who didn't want a little yogurt doll? Yeah, exactly. Like pull a little string in the back. <laughs> Adorable. I'm telling you. So I love in the beginning, the cool thing about the movie is that not only parodies the characters of Star Wars, but also all the traditional Star Wars things like the scroll in the beginning. And then they have that really long shot of the of the space ball ship in the beginning. <laughs> if you're that still wondering, gets me every time I see that. I know it's hilarious. Um, you know, of course, the bumper sticker, we break for nobody. But <laughs> but if you're wondering, that ship takes a total of a minute and 32 seconds to cross the screen. Wow. It's funny because you watch it and after a while you, you kind of feel like, OK, enough already. <laughs> you know? Well, yeah. <laughs> but the, but see, that's that's where the humor comes in. And you're yeah. like sitting there because, you you know, when you first see Star Wars, you, you kind of get that impression, too. But then here it's so exaggerated that you're like, yes, I needed that. You know, it's funny, too. There are a couple of great things that are improvised in the movie, too. I would imagine that Mel Brooks is a very fun director to work with. You know that he's going to let the actors kind of have a good time, you know, and, and do a couple of different takes of things. But a couple of things that are improvised in the movie that I think are really cool. John Candy, at one point, he tries to get up really fast from his seat. And he goes, oh, that's going to leave a mark when he forgets to undo the seatbelt. That wasn't in the script. But also the scene where uh, Dark Helmet is playing with the dolls. Oh, it's one of my favorites. Oh, I love that. Oh, uh, such a good scene. <laughs> also was not in the script. Mel Brooks kind of came up with the idea, and then he, he kind of let Rick Moranis just improvise the whole scene, including the dialogue, which is really, really funny. I mean, <laughs> Oh, yeah. You didn't see anything, did you? No, sir, I didn't see you playing with your dolls again. <laughs> I mean, it's so great. It's great. Uh, while we're talking about Rick Moranis, I think he is another person that was underestimated. You know, I think he was so, so funny. I mean, this movie, he was hysterical, yep. but I mean, he, you know, he, he was just amazing. Yeah. I think that when you have people that are able to do improvisation, you know you're going to have a funny movie. It's, it's usually exactly. going to work out really well. I'm reading another fact here. The Millennium Falcon is in this movie, too. If you look at the exterior shot of the Space Diner, yeah. did you see it? Well, it's funny because I, I, I had read that fact online, and mm -hmm. then... I had to go back to that scene and rewatch it and go, oh, man, it's right there. Like, how did I not see that? So that, um, the whole scene in the diner, that's mm -hmm. actually my least favorite scene in the whole movie. For some reason, I don't like the whole alien thing. Like, I get it and I get why it's funny. Right. But for me, it just reminds me of a really bad stomachache. And then all of a sudden, something <laughs> explodes out of your stomach. I, I don't know. I can't handle it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I don't, I don't know why. That scene freaks me out every time. <laughs> So I guess you're not a fan of the movie Alien then. Gosh, not at all. <laughs> I want nothing crawling out of my body at yeah. any time. No, thank no. you. 
<laughs> no. But I will tell you, my favorite scene, though, in this movie is the now now scene where they watch the VHS tape of Spaceballs. Oh, yeah. That's, that's hysterical because one of the things I didn't notice, and I noticed this time that I watched it, mm-hmm. was that all of the movies in the Mr. Rental case mm-hmm. are all Mel Brooks movies. Another funny thing about that, too, that I noticed when I watched the movie last night was that in addition to all the Mel Brooks movies, right below them in the cabinet are all Rocky movies. And it's like, Stop it's like it. I'm telling you, it's like it goes up to like Rocky 15 or whatever you can see. It's it's crazy. Oh man! Yep. I gotta go back and look at that. Yeah. And I gotta watch it like seven more times. <laughs> it, it's funny because I also think that scene kind of. Um, I was listening to one of your last podcasts about ET, mm-hmm. and uh, you talked about how long it took for that to come out on VHS. Mm-hmm. So the fact that Spaceballs is out on VHS before it's even finished <laughs> filming, right? Kind of hysterical. Yeah, that's a very funny gag in the movie. Oh yeah. <laughs> fun stuff this is now now <laughs> ludicrous speed go Lud- oh my god ludicrous speed can we talk about ludicrous speed we got to talk about First ludicrous all, speed of course as a young kid in the 80s mm-hmm. like i learned some great vocabulary in this movie and i think ludicrous was one of them and i think i used that for the rest of like the year it's like that's ludicrous speed how dare you <laughs> i'd never understood they've gone to plaid that's funny i gotta google it because i didn't like why is that funny did you is did you find out what it what it's supposed to mean? I I gave up after a while. That's something we should Google though. <laughs> oh, so that means to be. I don't think it means anything. What? It's just it's just a dumb thing, you know. Okay. And uh... you know, people are gonna comment on this podcast and go, uh, "Plaid going plaid means this is this." Then you should know that. I welcome that. Oh. If you know what going to plaid means, send me an email. Screenfacts at yeah, yahoo.com. Yeah, or tweet me. At Jason Davis voice. Let me know what going to plaid means to you. Yeah. Hashtag going to plaid. <laughs> Hashtag going to plaid. Exactly. Get it trending, people. Get That's it right. trending. <laughs> That's right. So um, we were talking about the dinks before. <laughs> mm. Dink, dink. Dink, 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 dink. So one of the dinks is played by Tony Cox, who also played an Ewok in Return of the Jedi. Tony so- Cox. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's said, an awesome name. Come on. I said Cox. If his first name was Richard, it'd be better. Oh, yes. Because then it'd be Dick Cox. Dick Cox. That would be perfect. Yeah. yeah. That would be the perfect name. But then <laughs> then this would be a porno. And then, and then you know, Spaceballs, the porno. I mean, that could work. It could work. Yeah, why not? I'm just saying that you don't even have to change the title. People having Space sex in, in weightlessness. Yeah, exactly. I imagine that's fun. <laughs> just saying. I'm sure NASA does that. You think some so? Some sort of experiment. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. I can confirm it right now. <laughs> International Space Station. That's exactly what's happening. You think so? <laughs> oh, definitely. We've gone from Mel Brooks to weightless sex. <laughs> Just like that. It's one of the great things about this podcast. That's you never right. know where it's going to go. That's right. You never do. <laughs> you never All right. Know. Let's, get back. Let's get back to the screen facts oh, okay. about Spaceballs. <laughs> so I have a fun fact yes. um, that I didn't know. So the novelization of the movie was written by R.L. Stein. Oh, Goosebumps wow. guy. I did yeah. not know that. I know, I was super excited when I heard that. That's interesting. I wonder if it yeah. uh, has a scary tone to it. I mean, I didn't read it. No, so, me neither. Yeah. Right oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I was just I wondering out loud. I guess the principal I should read a <laughs> yeah. more than I do. Come on, you're an educator, man. Yeah, but you know, mm, I don't think so. So the yeah. castle on Druidia, it's funny, she doesn't look mm. Druish. Uh, the, castle on <laughs> Dru- <laughs> the castle on Druidia is King Ludwig's the second's castle in Bavaria. Uh, it's been modified by matte painting with additional ramps. The castle was actually used in other films too, 
and was the original inspiration for the castle at Disneyland. Now, the scene where the Mega Maid sucks the atmosphere off the Druidian Mountain, that's a, a parody of the Paramount Studios logo. So one of the cool things I found was that the original title for the movie was supposed to be Planet Moron, but it was replaced with Spaceballs when they heard about a, a British sci-fi spoof called Morons from Outer Space. Mel Brooks and the other writers, Ronnie Graham and Thomas Meehan, uh, they went through all the letters of the alphabet to search for a word to add to space. That was uh, something that Thomas Meehan suggested. So Mel Brooks spilled the drink and went, balls! <laughs> and Ronnie Graham oh. said, space balls! And there you have it. Excellent. <laughs> it's funny Very how funny. where inspiration comes from. Yeah. Well, and you know, Thomas Meehan, I know a lot of his stuff because he's kind of a Broadway guy too. You know, he obviously wrote Annie and oh, wow. uh, wrote the producers, uh, I guess the movie first and then the musical. But okay. he's done a lot. I did uh, not know that. He wrote the musical for... Young Frankenstein wrote the book for that. So oh, okay, so he's, he's probably a, been a, a, a collaborator. Yeah, he must be a, a, yeah. a guy that's worked with Mel Brooks, you know, for many mm-hmm. years. Then because you know he's done yeah. all that stuff too. One of my favorite characters. It has to be Barf. Oh, you know, yeah. you got to love John, John Candy. Candy. Oh. oh man, talk about a, a talent that I miss. So many funny things that he did over the years. He's so good in this. And originally, when they you know brought him on. They were going to put a mask on him and, and all kinds of stuff like that. And they decided no. not to do that because, like, you know, why have John Candy if you're going to hide his face, you know? Well, exactly. And then, like, all those cool facial expressions would have been lost. No, that would have been a terrible idea. Yeah, exactly. So what they ended up doing for his costume was it was something that was operated by three people. John Candy operated his tail. He had, a, like, a hidden control in his paw. Which And the tail's funny, too, because there's a couple of gags in the movie where he hits Bill Pullman in the face with his tail, which mm-hmm. is really really good. Two assistants each controlled an ear. Originally they were going to do a full face mask. So then it was like a nose and an upper lip piece and you know Mel Brooks didn't like that either and then they just uh, ended up doing the animatronic ears and uh, the makeup and there you have it. Yeah it was a great look. I'm a mog. Half man half dog. I'm my own best friend. (laughs) (laughs) I had that written down. I'm like we had to talk about that. That's really funny. One of my favorite characters is obviously Colonel Sanders just for the name alone. There's a great line in the movie, Rick Moranis' Dark Helmet says, uh, what's the matter, Colonel Sanders? Chicken? <laughs> and that's that's funny. That's great, right? Like, how do you, yeah. That's smart writing. You can't forget about Pizza the Hut, too. Mm. You gotta love Pizza the Hut. Pizza the Hut. <laughs> Another gross part of the movie, though. Oh, yeah. It's so. it's it's a little disturbing, definitely. A little? It's, it's a lot. I think it gave me nightmares for years. Well, yeah. Dom DeLuise did the voice of Pizza the Hut. He was not required, and let's face it, probably not willing to be covered in pounds of fake molten cheese. Um, So they had an effects guy wear the suit instead. Mel Brooks tried to get Tom Cruise and Tom Hanks for the role of Lone Star. What? I love Tom Hanks. Yes. But no. Yeah. No, no. I don't think either one would have worked, actually. Tom Cruise we're not even going to talk about. Yeah, they both turned it down, and, and that's when they got Bill Pullman. Now, you know, the funny thing about Bill Pullman, Sue and I did the podcast for Independence Day a while back, and he, of course, plays the president in that movie. And I'm sorry, but he's Lone Star forever, <laughs> as far as I'm concerned. Oh, yeah. It's funny because, you know, one of my favorite movies is Newsies, okay. and obviously Bill Pullman is in that, and I look at that and I'm like, sorry, you're Lone Star. What are you doing? Did you ever see uh, another movie from the 80s called Ruthless People? No. Okay. That's one you should check out, too. It's Danny DeVito and uh, Bette Midler. Very funny. Bill Pullman has a small role in that, too, and he plays also kind of a dopey guy. That kind of stuff, for whatever reason, I believe him more in those roles than as the president in Independence Day. So Yeah, I agree. Yeah. You know, I mean, he's great in this. He's very funny as Lone Star, so... 
And Steve Martin was uh, the original choice for Colonel Sanders, too. See, now that I could see. Yes. Mm -hmm. I could definitely see. I think that would have been hysterical. Yeah. But yeah, this is a fun movie. And I think anybody who's had an opportunity to enjoy the Star Wars movies should definitely go back and check out Spaceballs. So I wonder if people who are like hardcore Star Wars fans, are they offended by this movie? Or I just wonder what those people think. That's a good question. I mean, I guess there's fanboys out there that might go, oh, that's so stupid, you know. Right. <laughs> but that's the point, I think though. of those people like a Comic-Con who are like, are like <laughs> obsessed with these kinds of things and then yeah. they see like a parody and they would freak out about it, you know? Yeah, I mean, but that's the point. It's supposed to be stupid. Darth Vader in the Star Wars movies is this big, intimidating guy with the deep voice and the, you know... All the, all I think about stuff. Rick Moranis. Exactly. Whenever he has his helmet down. Yeah. Lone Star. I'm, what does he say? The one, I'm your nephew's father's and your sister's roommate's cousin's best friend. Yeah. Something. <laughs> well, what does that make us? That makes us absolutely, absolutely nothing. nothing. <laughs> I see your Schwartz is as big as mine. <laughs> Which I love because you watch it now as an adult and that joke is makes sense. When I'm young, I'm like, hmm, I don't understand. Yeah. Let's keep going. Yeah, everything has a different meaning when you're a kid. Yeah. Just the idea of a, a little guy like Rick Moranis, you know, is supposed to be intimidating. But yeah, there's there's so many funny gags with him in this movie. You know, the whole thing with the helmet and, you know, with the coffee. He drinks the coffee through the helmet? Yeah. Oh my gosh. The the sound that made made me want to go out and drink a cup of coffee. <laughs> but when his helmet. I always drink coffee when I watch Radar. You know that. <laughs> How about when the radar is jammed? Can yes. we talk about the fact that jam comes pouring down the radar? Yes. That's really and, funny. And, you know, we can't do a podcast about space balls and not talk about combing the desert. <laughs> okay. That's genius for many reasons. We need to talk about that. First of all, it's genius that they're actually combing the desert. Right. But secondly, when they get over to the black guy... <laughs> He's like, we ain't found shit. Right. And it's like like a pick. Oh, it's so funny. Yes. See, that's the thing. I don't know if they can make something like that nowadays because I don't know if that would be offensive to people. But Mel Brooks, I mean, Mel Brooks pushed the envelope back in the day. I mean, Blazing Saddles. And I'm, I'm sure mm -hmm. at some point I'm going to do a podcast about Blazing Saddles because that's a classic. But man, that there's no way that movie gets made today. No. There's more N-words in that movie probably than, than a Quentin Tarantino movie. It's so true, though. You're right. Everybody gets offended by everything. I know. Stop, people. Have fun. <laughs> yeah. Please. <laughs> I mean, literally, there's not a moment of this film that isn't funny. No, like, it's great. Really, it's hysterical. Oh, definitely. And you got to check it out again if you haven't seen it in a while, because you probably missed a lot of stuff, too. And if you want to join the conversation about Spaceballs, send an email to screenfacts at yahoo.com. You can also tweet me at Jason Davis Voice. You can find me on Facebook, facebook.com slash Jason Davis voiceover. And also please rate, comment, and subscribe on iTunes and tell your family and friends about the podcast. Please help spread the word. Post links on Facebook, Twitter, whatever other social media you use. Help us get the word out. Please, please. And what was our hashtag? Hashtag going plaid. Hashtag going plaid. Don't forget that. <laughs> yes, of course. Please check out my website, jasondavisvoice.com slash podcast for info about the redesigned Screen Facts t-shirt. Merchandising. <laughs> Unlike Mel Brooks, I can sell merchandise. You can sell your t-shirts. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Uh, and you can also find out different options of where you can download and listen to the podcast. Joe, where can people find you on social media? Hey, you can tweet me at at gojoe18, G-O-J-O-E-1-8. All right. Well, the hashtag. <laughs> hashtag. <laughs> Going plaid. Hashtag going plaid. You're, you're determined to make that. I hope so. Hey, if that trends, trend, that means people are listening. So <laughs> there right. you go. 
Well, thanks for joining us. Please come back again next Wednesday for more Screen Facts with Jason Davis.